Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the world of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 23 and 24 and in the last episode we read chapters 21 and 22 of the Son of Neptune. The trio reach the store and meet Iris and her assistant Fleecy. Fleecy is a young cheer- cheery girl while Iris, the rainbow goddess, runs a store that had previously thwarted the monster army away. After a while Percy realizes about the existence of Iris messages, or remembers about them, and Iris ushers Hazel and Percy into the back with Fleecy to work on the Iris messages. Meanwhile, Iris has a talk with Frank about how Frank is was is too powerful to be alive, and how the piece of tinder in his coat pocket is destined to burn out if it uh, burn out, and eventually Frank will die when if he when he holds the tinder in his own hands. So. But Iris says that if he entrusts this piece of tinder with another demigod, his life might be saved. Iris continues to talk to Frank that he's not obligated to do what everyone else tells him to do, and he's technically a free man. However, if he chooses to continue with the quest, he must face the basilisks that are encircling the store right now. So we'll have to read chapter 23 to see how Frank does against the basilisks, or as Iris likes to say, little crowns. Chapter 23, Frank. Frank missed his bow. He wanted to stand on the porch and shoot the snakes from a distance. A few well-placed exploding arrows, a few craters in the hillside, problem solved. Unfortunately, a quiver of arrow full of arrows wouldn't do Frank much good if he couldn't shoot them. Besides, he had no idea where the basilisks were. They stopped blowing fire as soon as he came outside. He stepped off the porch and leveled his golden spear. He didn't like fighting up close. He was too slow and bulky. He'd done okay during the war games, but this was real. There were no giant eagles ready to snatch him up and take him to the medics if he made a mistake. You can be anything, his mother's voice echoed in his mind. Great. I want to be good I want I want I want to be good with a spear and immune to poison. And fire. Something told Frank his wish had not been granted. The spear spears felt just as awkward in his hands. Patches of flames still smoldered on the hillside. The acrid smoke burned in Frank's nose. The withered grass crunched under his feet. He thought about those stories his mother used to tell. Generations of heroes who had battled Hercules, fought dragons, and sailed monster-infested seas. Frank didn't understand how he could have evolved from a line like that, or how his family had migrated from Greece to the Roman Empire all the way to China. But some unsettling ideas were starting to form. For the first time, he started wondering about this Prince of Pylos and his great-grandfather Shenlun's disgrace at Camp Jupiter and what the family powers might be. The gift has, has never kept our family safe, Grandmother had warned. A reassuring thought as Frank hunted poisonous fire-breathing devil snakes. The night was quiet except for the crackle of brush fires. Every time a breeze made the grass rustle, Frank thought about the grain spirits who'd captured Hazel. Hopefully, they'd gone south with the giant polyboats. Frank didn't need any more problems right now. He crept downhill, his eyes stinging from the smoke. Then about 20 feet ahead, he saw a burst of flame. He considered throwing his spear. Stupid idea. Then he'd be without a weapon. Instead, he advanced toward the fire. He wished he had the Gorgon's blood vials, but they were back at the boat. He wondered if Gorgon blood could cure basilisk basilisk poison, but 
Even if he had the vials and managed to choose the right one, he doubted he'd have time to take it before he crumbled to dust like his bow. He emerged in a clearing of burned grass and found himself face to face with a basilisk. The snake rose up on its tail. It hissed and expanded the collar of white spikes around its neck. Little crown, Frank remembered. That's what basilisk meant. You thought basilisks were huge dragon-like monsters that could petrify you with their eyes. Somehow the real basilisk was even more terrible. As tiny as it was, this extra small package of fire, poison, and evil would be much harder to kill than a large bulky lizard. Frank had seen how fast it could move. The monster fixed its pale yellow eyes on Frank. Why wasn't it attacking? Frank's golden spear fell cold and heavy. The dragon tooth point dipped toward the ground all on its own, like a dowsing rod searching for water. Stop that! Frank struggled to lift the spear. He'd had enough trouble jabbing the monster without his spear, spear fighting against him. Then he heard the grass rustle on either side of him. The other two basilisks slithered into the clearing. Frank had just walked straight into an ambush. And that's the end of chapter 23. That was relatively a really, really short chapter. Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, as soon as Frank realized it, that, you know, possibly those two other basilisks, basilisks are going to, you know, they're the ones who are going to initiate the attack. And maybe the one in front of Frank will probably start attacking as well. But I have faith in Frank because I don't think that, you know, Ares, I believe, Ares, Mars, wouldn't, wouldn't, would have given Frank the spear if he felt that Frank couldn't handle the spear, you know? So I think that, I think he'll be able to handle it well. I think he'll also find out that he's very versatile in different weapons. So I think that that's a very important, like, character development that we see that he, like, starts to, like, learn more about other weapons instead of just sticking to his regular old bow and arrow. So I think with that versatility, versatility, um, it's going to help him a lot when he's, like, fighting, if uh, battling any actual threatening monsters. I wouldn't say basilisks, basilisks aren't threatening monsters, but... You know, when something like maybe a huge battle comes on and Frank is able to battle them efficiently because he had training with multiple weapons. So after this break, we're going to read chapter 24, Frank, and we'll see how exactly Frank handles three basilisks, basilisks now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And we're back from the ads, and now we're going to read chapter 24. Frank. Frank swept his spear back and forth. Stay back! His voice sounded squeaky. Uh, I, I, I've got uh, um, amazing powers and stuff. The basilisks hissed in three-part harmony. Maybe they were laughing. The spear tip was almost too heavy to lift now, as if the jagged white triangle of bone was trying to touch the earth. 
Then something clicked in the back of Frank's mind. Mars had said the tip was a dragon's tooth. Hadn't been there some story about dragon's teeth planted in the ground? Something he'd read in Monster Class at camp. The basilisks circled him, taking their time. Maybe they were hesitating because of the spear. Maybe they just couldn't believe how stupid Frank was. It seemed like madness, but Frank let the spear tip drop. He drove it into the ground. Crack. When he lifted it out, the tip was gone, broken off in the dirt. Wonderful. Now he had a golden stick. Some crazy part of him wanted to bring out his piece of firewood. If he was going to die anyway, maybe he could set off a massive blaze, incinerate the basilisk so at least his friends could get away. Before he, get, he could get up the courage, the ground rumbled at his feet. Dirt spewed everywhere and a skeletal hand clawed the air. The basilisk hissed and back up, backed up. Frank couldn't blame them. He watched in horror as a human skeleton crawled out of the ground. It took on flesh as if someone were pouring gelatin over its bones, covering them in glowing, transparent gray skin. Then go- ghostly clothes enveloped it, a muscle shirt, camo pants, and army boots. Everything about the creature was gray, gray clothes on gray flesh on gray bones. I turned toward Frank. Its skull grinned beneath an expressionless gray face. Frank whimpered like a puppy. His legs shook so badly he had to support himself with the spear shaft. The skeleton warrior was waiting. Frank realized. Waiting for orders. Kill the basilisk! He yelled. Nami! The skeletal warrior leaped into action. He grabbed the nearest snake, and though his gray flesh began to smoke on contact, he strangled the basilisk with one hand and flung flung down its limp body. The other two basilisks hissed with rage. One sprang at Frank, but he knocked it aside with the butt of his spear. The other snake belched fire directly in the skeleton's face. The warrior marched forward and stomped the basilisk's head under his foot boot. Frank turned toward the last basilisk, which was curled at the edge of the clearing, studying them. Frank's imperial gold spear shaft was steaming, but unlike his bow, it didn't seem to be crumbling from the basilisk's touch. The skeleton warrior's right foot and hand were slowly dissolving from poison. His head was on fire, but otherwise he looked pretty good. The basilisk did the smart thing. It turned to flee. In a blur of motion, the skeleton pulled something from his shirt and flung it across the clearing, impaling the basilisk in the dirt. Frank thought it was a knife. Then he realized it was one of the skeleton's own ribs. Frank was glad his stomach was empty. That? That was gross. The skeleton stumbled over to the basilisk. It pulled out its rib and used it to cut off the creature's head. The basilisk dissolved into ashes. Then the skeleton decapitated the other two monsters' carcasses and kicked all the ashes to disperse them. Frank remembered the two gorgons in the Tiber, the way the river had pulled apart their remains to keep them from reforming. You're making sure they don't come back, Frank realized. Or slowing them down anyway. The skeleton warrior stood at attention in front of Frank. Its poisoned foot and hand were mostly gone. Its head was still burning. What? What are you? Frank asked. He wanted to add, Please don't hurt me. The skeleton had saluted with its stump of a hand. Then it began to crumble, sinking back into the ground. Wait! Frank said, I don't even know what you call what to call you. Toothman? Bones? 
gray? His face disappeared beneath the, the dirt. The dirt. The dirt. The warrior seemed to grin at the last name. Or maybe that was just its skeletal teeth showing. Then it was gone, leaving Frank alone with his pointless spear. Gray, he muttered. Okay, but... He examined the tip of his spear. Already a new dragon tooth was starting to grow out of the golden shaft. You get three charges out of it, Mars had said. So use it wisely. Frank heard footsteps behind him. Percy and Hazel ran into clearing. Percy looked better, except he was carrying a tie-dyed man satchel from Raffle. Definitely not his style. Riptide was in his hand. Hazel had drawn her spatha. Are you okay? She asked. Percy turned in a circle, looking for enemies. Iris told us you were out here battling the basilisks by yourself, and we were like, what? We came as fast as we could. What happened? I'm not sure, Frank admitted. Hazel crouched next to the dirt where Gray disappeared. I sense death. Either my brother has been here or the basilisks are dead? Percy stared at him in awe. You killed them all? Frank swallowed. He already felt like enough of a misfit without trying to explain his new undead minion. Three charges. Frank could call on Gray twice more. But he'd sense malevolence in the skeleton. It was no pet. It was a vicious, undead killing force, barely controlled by the power of Mars. Frank got the feeling it would do what he said. But if his friends happened to be in the line of fire, oh well. And if Frank was a little slow giving it directions, he might start killing whatever was in its path, including its master. Mars had told him the spear would give him breathing room until he learned to use his mother's talents, which meant Frank needed to learn those talents. Fast. Thanks a lot, Dad, he grumbled. What? Hazel asked. Frank, are you okay? I'll explain later, he said. Right now, there's a blind man in Portland that we've got to see. And that's the end of chapter 24. This is relatively a very, very short episode, but I think we still got to learn a lot more about this entire battle with the basilisks. Basilisks. That's a very... That's... that's Yeah, I'm going to struggle with that a lot. <laughs> um, so, I think it's really interesting to see that, you know, maybe... Frank is re- I-, I believe that Frank he really needs to learn his mother's talents right because all around him th- this these adults in his life have been telling him you're you have a lot of power you're worth so much you have so much potential and he just doesn't know how to get it out yet so I think that Frank needs to slowly realize and I think he will realize that instead of probably worrying about it so much I think it's just going to come naturally so I think that over time when it comes to him best, he just, you know, slowly starts to unleash the, that potential that was hidden in him for so long. And I do believe and I do hope that he does find somebody to entrust that piece of Tinder because that's possibly one of the only ways that can save his life. And I'm pretty sure a lot of, I'm pretty sure he would probably like to save his life as well. So my guess is that he would probably give it to Hazel because they've been so close to each other ever since they both arrived at camp. But we'll have to see who he entrusts it to. So until next week, we'll read chapters 25 and 26 and see how exactly the trio continue with their journey. And if they possibly get anything else from Iris, some feedback, some 
advice, anything. So next week, we'll read more about the details on their journey to Alaska. And until then, stay safe and stay out of boredom.